0: The Word is for everyone. It's alive and active, filled with wisdom, truth, and hope. Understanding and interpreting its pages can seem overwhelming, but this podcast is here to help. This is Unschooled and Ordinary.
1: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Unschooled and Ordinary Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. I'm here with Ben, Brandy, Angie, and we have a special guest this morning, y'all. Again? The one and only Gray Strickland. The
2: Gray! Gray! Gray Gray for me.
1: (laughs) Gray, so glad you're with us. I am, too. I'm a little nervous. (laughs) It's already been
0: so fun, though.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So last week, we just started off by asking Craig, like, 50 million questions. <laughs> so we thought it only appropriate to do the same. Mm-hmm. Hope you're ready. Yeah, we want to get to know you, Gray. Yeah. Okay. okay,
3: so everybody's got some questions for you. So <clears throat> for those that don't know, Gray is just a beast mm-hmm. working out and has tortured me a few times in his garage and driveway. <laughs> but the question is,
2: um, man, what's your go-to workout song. Um I've got a playlist it has got a lot of different stuff and I this is gonna sound I'm not I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but but like any any worship song that that like builds
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know, like the old school uh, not old school but There's like all the Chris Tomlin stuff. I
0: was hoping you'd say jars of clay. No,
2: <laughs> no but I have gone on a nineties Christian Okay. It's that's a oh, that's a good one. Um, but anything that builds, you know, like back in the day, Jesus culture had, had me running like sea biscuit. I mean, like just, like it just keeps going, and, and, you know. I just keep cranking the treadmill up. Uh-huh. But
0: uh, I've been doing this all wrong.
2: <laughs> that's why I'm not good at working I, out. I know, right? Um, but I, I I do I like I don't I don't like it to be like constant racket. I like the, like the build up, and then it comes back down, and I don't know. So
3: Makes sense. Kind of like your workouts. I get to breathe right now, but you're about to kill me <laughs> yeah. in just a second.
0: <laughs> uh, well, another fun thing about you is I think you're super adventurous. So what has been the most adventurous trip you've ever taken?
2: I think um, my brothers and I did Mount Rainier in Hmm. Washington um, state a couple years ago. And that was, that was pretty cool. Hmm. Uh, And, but I think probably the most adventurous is when Adrian and I, my oldest brother, we were, we went on a mission trip to Peru. And then when everybody came back, we stayed Hmm. and we, we attempted to to climb a mountain there, but it was out of season, which means that there was a lot of snow on the ground. Hmm. And, and so we, we only got up to like seventeen thousand feet before we had to turn around because there's like a
0: only mm-hmm. only
2: seventeen thousand. Yeah. But, <laughs> on. but like the snow was, and like Adrian's much taller, bigger guy, and so where I was like going to my knee in snow, <laughs> Adrian was like going to his belly button. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. And um, and so that was that was pretty interesting. And mm-hmm. I stepped through what what they call a crevasse, mm-hmm. and it's when. It's a crack in the snow, a crevice. It just yeah. sounds fancy. <laughs> um, it's the French version. Yeah, crevasse. <laughs> the Spanish word for
1: crevice, crevasse.
2: And, and that that's like a you know a big deal. And uh, so like one foot went all the way through, and I thought I was walking on you know solid ground. So I actually had to use our ropes. That was mm. pretty scary mm. in the moment. You wow. mentioned it was out of season. So were y'all advised while you were there to not do this? Yeah, we yeah we had paid guides that said it's out of season. You probably don't get the top. And I'm like, well, we're here, and <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> and that's but, where I would have went home. So, yeah.
2: and, uh, but it was still a it was a uh, it was still pretty cool though. Um, mm-hmm. So that's yeah. awesome. But, yeah.
1: So Gray, mm-hmm. I feel like you and Timmy have a lot in common. Mm-hmm. You know, you've just done all kind of crazy stuff. We went we went skiing with the Runkies. Few years back, and I was like, "Timmy, you've been snowboarding before." He's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, you know, I, like once, you, whatever." And next thing I know, he's like flying out of a helicopter into a double black doing flips. <laughs> like, what is this? <laughs> I'm on the bunny slopes. <laughs> I'm sure you can do all that as well. No, I can't snowboard. Well, I bet if you went out there, but I don't. But <laughs> what, what I think about pretty tried?
2: quick.
0: I have. But okay. I, okay.
2: But I. I'm am a three on the enneagram, so mm. I only do things that I think that you know I, I can win at. at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and uh, after about ten minutes, like nah. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not but I do like, and I'm not even really a great skier, but just like turning downhill and just going and just see what happens. That's like there we go. I'm
1: I'm for that. And talking about things that you're good at. So I have not seen this personally, but I hear pretty pretty mean on the uh, the rugby field. Mm. I really like. Hitting people.
2: <laughs> it, I do. Uh, and we can't get into this, but when, we, when I played at Southern Miss, and, and it was a, like there's, there's like varsity, like the NCAA stuff, then there's club level, and then there's intramurals. And so rugby was always the club level. And, um, and for a while, I was the only believer, me and another guy were the only believers on the team and uh and it was i mean they were man what are you so mad about <laughs> and i like i'm not mad at all like i'm fired up to i just you know i enjoy this and um but but at the time i had got i had been reading john eldridge's uh, book called wild at heart and there's a quote in there talking about um from eric Liddell, who's an olympic runner and he said i believe that god made me fast but he also uh well, he said i believe that, that god made me for a purpose but he also made me fast and when i run god smiles and uh, I mean that stuck with me, and I was like, the best way for me to glorify God is to knock the snot out. of <laughs> And so, and, and and these guys who didn't believe in God, we they're like, great, will you pray, yeah, I'll pray for us, and you know, Father God, just help us to you know, knock the snot out of them. And I mean, I've never heard that prayer before. Um, I was like, well, I, you know, we're all here to we give our to his glory. Uh, yeah, all things.
1: And, uh, we're here to so, make him small.
0: Oh, oh, man. I love
1: that. So, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing a little bit. I'm a little nervous at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we should just go to the scriptures. Yeah, please.
0: I'm getting scared of him now. No. <laughs> no, I think you're awesome.
1: If y'all ever catch Gray just looking at you. <laughs> run. run. <laughs> <laughs> so we're switching things up a little bit today. We are in Jeremiah chapter 45, and we're going to look at a few verses. So to give you an idea of where we are in at time and what's happening in this portion of Scripture, Jeremiah is a prophet. And in the Old Testament, God, uh, you know, he hadn't, he has not sent his Holy Spirit yet. So the Holy Spirit is not dwelling in the hearts of people who have put their faith in Jesus. So the way God communicates to people is through a prophet. God will tell a prophet things, and then the prophet will then tell those things to people. And in this particular time, um, the, the people of God, they have been disobedient. They have not followed the, the ways of God. They've uh, rebelled against his teachings and against his way of life. And as a result, they are about to be shipped uh, out of the promised land into the uh, into what, what's the place? Babylon, Babylon. that's what I was looking for, so they're being exiled into Babylon, meaning they're going to be kicked out of their homeland, this is about to happen, and here's where we are in that that amount of time, God is speaking to Jeremiah, and he is giving words to Jeremiah to now tell some people, so with that backdrop, Brandy, would you read this passage for us, and then we will try to dissect it the best we can.
0: The word that Jeremiah the prophet spoke to Baruch, the son of Neriah, when he wrote these words in a book at the dict- dictation wow, sorry, of Jeremiah in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. "'Thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, to you, O Baruch. "'You said, woe is me, for the Lord has added sorrow to my pain. "'I am weary with my groaning, and I find no rest. "'Thus shall you say to him, thus says the Lord, "'Behold, what I have built I am breaking down, "'and what I have planted I am plucking up. "'That is the whole land. "'And do you seek great things for yourself?' Seek them not, for behold, I am bringing disaster upon all flesh, declares the Lord. But I will give you your life as a prize of war in all places to which you may go.
1: Thank you, Brandy. So sometimes when you jump right into a passage like this, you read it and you're like, what (laughs) is this? Yeah, who's this guy? What's happening? So, you guys, you, you've been studying this for the past couple of days. What can you tell us about what we just read? Uh,
2: yeah. I think it's interesting, uh, and, and Tyler, you can follow me up on this, but just the situation that he was in and, and the fact that his name actually means blessed, mm-hmm. um, and, and yet he is uh, complaining kind of about the lot that he's been given in God's plan.
0: Yeah. I feel like I focused a lot on who he was too, in the beginning of studying and just how he was. Cause I wondered, you know, I've never heard the name Baruch before. I feel like I've read Jeremiah and I clearly must've just skipped over him, but just knowing that he was a scribe and a friend to Jeremiah, um, made it make a whole lot more sense and then to know how educated he was and he had been blessed and he had a lot of opportunities to do other things. Um, So I think there was maybe some, there could have been family expectations on him to be quote unquote better farther along in his life or doing something besides just being the scribe to Jeremiah. Um, And then of course we see, I think there was some self-expectation of he expected to be in a better place as
1: well. So, yeah. Yeah, so his name is blessed. He probably expects to be in a better place. And potentially his expectations for life is is just not adding up mm-hmm. because it's not like he's necessarily done the wrong thing um, because as it appears, he's a pretty faithful guy. Jeremiah is the prophet. And so he's he's living a life that is worthy enough to... Take the words that God is giving Jeremiah and he is putting it onto paper. Like it is, we are reading from what he wrote. Like he wrote this down. But unfortunately, he's in a period of time where the nation has just been unfaithful. And maybe he's not experiencing what he wanted to experience with life. And. You know, that, that can be true for so many of us, how we've got an expectation for how life is supposed to go, what we want. Our name means blessed. But we look around and it's like, man, I'm really not feeling too blessed right now. Yeah. So when we are in those situations, what do we do? How, how, do, we, how do we remind ourselves of, of how good God has been to us? I think
3: something that, Stood out to me in my commentary down here. <laughs> sorry. I, yeah. I was, <laughs> sorry, that yeah. was supposed to be an inaudible
1: it's okay. laugh. I'm sorry. It just, it's okay.
0: He's just been waiting on Ben to say uh-huh. commentary.
3: I'm here to I'm here to help you laugh.
2: That's why I listen mm-hmm. every week.
3: Yeah. yeah. Well, it says God told Baruch to take his eyes off himself and whatever rewards he thought he deserved. Yeah. Um it made, just made me think about how quickly that happens, like how quickly my eyes will get on myself and what I think I deserve, right? Mm-hmm. And so you didn't, that's not necessarily the question that you asked, but coming to, to get out of that is first, I think it's important for an awareness of, man, my focus and my eyes really are on myself and the things that I feel like I might deserve.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think that does answer the question. It, all of the rest of this passage is God telling him, quit thinking about you and how many times have we laughed because we're like man it keeps coming back to (laughs) hey this whole thing of life and eternity it's not about me and here is another example to add to our growing list of God reminding Baruch hey this has nothing to do with you so stop
4: I think this is a sweet picture too of recognizing that like God went out of his way to speak to him I mean here's a guy that's writing down messages that Jeremiah is giving for other people other people other people but all of a sudden he stops and he's like, hey, this is for you. Like God sees you and he sees your heart and he sees that maybe you're a little disappointed or maybe a little miserable because of these expectations that you've had for your life. So like just listen, this is this is from God and this is what he says to you. I think to kind of learn even um, as Paul tries to, to teach us a lot and throughout the New Testament of coming from this place of contentment with where God has you, where he has placed you, and, and to know that he sees you in the midst of it, and he has a plan for you, whether or not you feel that it's good in the moment. I feel like that takes us back to last week's lesson, too, of
0: we can be generous, but with a ugly heart, and that's not what God is asking for us either, you know? It's all about, like, where is your heart?
2: Well, well I was just going to... When you were reading it, that, that time... Uh, something else stuck out to me. And it's that he says, this is what the Lord says. I will overthrow what I have built and uproot what I have planted throughout the earth. And, and just kind of bend to what you said. There's all we can so easily slip into a a mindset of entitlement. Mm. And, but yet at the end of the day, we are only ever stewards of anything that we have. Um, And, and I, I, again, I you know, I just read past that easily. Like, no, that that's pretty important. Yeah. Like this is what God did and whether it's our you know, our lot in life or our finances or, or anything else, God's always expected us to be stewards of those circumstances or resources. Um and uh I don't know, that that kinda helps me hold things a little bit looser.
4: Yeah. More loosely. I think that's tied directly to this topic of generosity that that we want to talk about and cover because the entitlement is exactly the opposite. And so if you think of um, more on the other side of thanksgiving, Ben, you've talked about this several times on our past episodes about having to come from this heart of being thankful for our faith and what Jesus did and, and not just thankful for the material things. But if we live in that state of thankfulness and gratitude It kind of overflows into a life of generosity all on its own because you're you're living from this place of like genuine gratitude. They go hand in hand. Like you it's hard to have one without the other to be generous and not be thankful, or to be thankful and not be generous. And I think we see that too in Philippians where I mean he he talks about like he will he will give us peace that passes all understanding, but the the verse before that it specifically says, but you present your prayers and your requests to Him with thanksgiving, and then that peace is going to come. So it all, it just all ties together to me when you get on the right track of thankfulness, and it automatically overflows into the generosity that we, we strive to live for.
0: Yeah, because how opposite is that of the verse here where it says, woe is me? Yeah. That's not coming to God out of thankfulness. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah, how... How interesting that is that so many times we feel like, oh, I am the only one. Mm. Woe is me. Ugh, my life. How unfortunate it is that I have to live it. (laughs) (laughs) But instead, like we see, and and Jesus shows us this in Matthew chapter 6 with prayer, is instead of focusing on what we do not have, or who we're not, or whatever. It's pay attention to who God is. Uh, how, how's, the, how's the Lord's prayer start? <laughs> Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's way different than, oh, God, woe is me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, so much of it is about perspective, I think. Mm-hmm. Y'all got any, any other thoughts about Jeremiah or generosity? Or anything that we've been talking about? about, about. What was that? <laughs> <laughs> I thought Greg was about to tackle me. <laughs> <God's> <laughs> uh, I got scared. I
2: will. And we had talked about this earlier. Just the, um, I, I've got a book that I read periodically by Bear Grylls.
0: Because, uh, <laughs> of course, you do. And, <laughs> so appropriate.
2: And uh, it's on mental toughness. And, and he Of course it is. He, he talks about Generosity. You know, and and I, I this was just a great uh, word picture for me. And he talked about his mom saying that generosity is like a river, and and if you dam up a river, and there's no place for it to flow, then it eventually becomes stagnant. And and I feel like with anything in our life, you know, that that we've been blessed to be stewards of, or, or yeah, we've been blessed with, so we're stewards of that. If we if we try to hoard and hold on, like it. And we all could probably think of somebody like, oh, God, that's them, you know. And, uh, but I think we all have a little bit of that where we want to hold tightly to our stuff. And, and, and yet, a healthy river, it, it brings life to everything that it touches as it flows. And that's the opportunity that we have. Um, and I just thought that, man, that was, that's such a, a great word picture of, of living a generous life with whatever God has entrusted to us. Say that again. That's powerful. A healthy river does what? As it flows. It, it brings life hmm. to to everything. Um, that there's another uh, Old Testament prophet, Ezekiel, and I can't think of the the reference off the top of my head. And I don't want to give you one because if it's wrong, there's some crazy stuff in Ezekiel. <laughs> and <so> I don't want to be like, oh my god.
0: We can <laughs> add it to the God later. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> uh, but he talks about uh, a, a, a vision that he has, and he walks. He says walks into the water, and it's like ankle high. And he walks into the water, and it's like knee high. And he, you know. It says, "Before long, that the water overtakes him, and then it just gives us imagery." He says, "And everywhere, and this is the water flowing out of the temple." He says, "Everywhere the water flowed, you know, it brought life, and um, and he's he's given a a, a picture of, of God's love and what God wants to do, and um, and I think that's that's a, you know, with generosity, I mean, that that's what we have the opportunity to do, um, is to is to make things better, mm-hmm.
1: you know, for others. So the temptation is to hoard. But the the better response is to continue to be generous, yeah. to look to the Lord, to acknowledge that He's going to take care of us. Just just like with our guy right here, um, you know, it says, "Look, don't 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 try to go be great or make a lot of money." However, I am going to keep you safe. Like I'm going to watch after you in these very troubling times. Like God's still going to take care of us, yeah. no matter what. Mm-hmm. Well, and and the. the, the
2: the, the woe to me, like him being like overwhelmed when I get in those places. And if, if I begin to look honestly at my life and I think Holly, I, what I think is me, I'm doing so much for so many people, but if I'm honest, I'm really overwhelmed with the stuff that is not priority, uh, it's stuff that I want, not that I need. Mm-hmm. And, and if I'm willing to let that go, then, uh, you know, that changes that whole mentality as well. Um, you know, I'm not as I'm not as self-sacrificing as I'd like to believe. <laughs> <laughs> mm. um,
0: well, and it's hard to, I mean, the only thing that God promised to Baruch is his life. Mm-hmm. Nothing extra. And I don't think any of us like to think about that. Mm. When we think about, oh, well, I need this, I need that. And God said, I'm going to keep you alive. <laughs> okay.
1: I'm going to give you my spirit. Yeah. When I will-
0: think about it that way, okay.
1: You've got mm-hmm. an eternal dwelling place in heaven. Yeah. Everything else is a bonus. Mm-hmm. I can't think of a better way to end a podcast than right there. <laughs> so, Gray, we want to thank you for coming on. Yeah, man. It was a true gift mm-hmm. to hear all your stories and oh. Bear grill quotes. Yeah. <laughs> I Look forward to the next time. <laughs> Appreciate you guys having me. For sure. So, y'all, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Unschooled and Ordinary. See you later. Peace.
0: Unschooled and Ordinary is an original podcast from Venture Church. While this podcast is great for individual study, the word really comes alive when we talk about it and apply it to our lives in house church. House churches are small groups of believers gathered in homes for a meal, scripture study, discipleship, and prayer in a trusted community of faith. They meet on Wednesday nights at 6.30 p.m. in homes throughout South Mississippi, and you can join anytime. To find a house church near you, Visit venturechurch.org slash housechurch.